There are over 500,000 kids in foster care across the United States, and making sure they're well taken care of takes a village. I'm Erin Lindstrom, and this is Foster Care Aware, a production brought to you by Tidewater Friends of Foster Care with support from the Barry Robinson Center. If you've had it on your heart to become a foster parent, volunteer, donor, advocate, or just want to learn more, you're in the right place. For more information on how to move forward, head to fostercareaware.org slash next steps. And now I'm thrilled to share today's segment with you. Welcome. I am Erin Lindstrom. I am here with Audra Bullock and B.B. Tron from Commonwealth Catholic Charities. And we are here to give you a really cool session about what CCC does. So B.B., welcome. Can you please introduce yourself to our viewers and tell us a little bit about CCC? Hi, my name is B.B. Tron. I am the foster parent specialist for Commonwealth Catholic Charities. I have been with Commonwealth Catholic Charities for 33 years. Um, my job is to go out and find foster families. I do a lot of recruitment and I meet with foster families after uh, work and also schedule for training. I am also a trainer as well. And then I will walk them through the home study process. Awesome. Wonderful. Bibi, thank you so much for being with us. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the work, the specific work that uh, Catholic Charities does? Um, CCC has a very unique foster care programs. We not only uh, provide services for uh, DESS children, domestic foster care, but we are one of the agency in the state of Virginia to provide foster care services for international children. Um, these are refugee children. We started this program in 1982 when there was a lot of refugee children that flee their home country um, because of fear of persecution, mostly due to um, their religion, uh, political opinion, or their national origin. So these children left their home country with their whole family intact. And during the escape, during the journey, uh, they got separated from their birth families, mom and dad. Sometimes they just flee by themselves or have their sibling with them. So these children moved toward a safe zone, um, usually the um, neighbor country. Once the refugee arrived into neighbor country, United Nations would set up um, refugee camp along the border to protect these uh, vulnerable children. So they moved the children into a safe um, area and they were looking for uh, family members or somebody would claim them as a part of that family. If they are young, under 10 years old, most likely there will be somebody that know the child during the journey and would claim them as a part of a family. But if they are older, especially older teens, um, nobody want to, you know, have them as a part of family. So United Nations would classify them as unaccompanied refugee minors. And that's how they are uh, um, um, qualified to come into foster care program. So that's how we get them through that system. Wow. Incredible, incredible work. Really? And so then once they arrive into Richmond, um, we would go into court and file for legal custody of them. So that's the unique part of the, our international program is that we do actually have legal custody of these children. And um, once they in our custody, they can be in our foster care program until they turn 21. So it's the long-term foster care. 
So when we look in for foster family, we do look in for a uh, forever home for these children since they don't have any parents here in this country. Wow. Wow. That is really moving and yeah. amazing. Yeah. So you were saying that there are a lot of kids who are the older teens. Do, do you have a, like, are the children that come in through CCC, do you, are they full range of age or is it mostly teenagers? Um, majority of our children are teenagers. Um, okay. When we get referrals, if we get two referrals, one under 10 years old and one like 15 and 16, most mm -hmm. likely we will accept the, the 15, 16 um, before the 10 because we know for children under 10, um, right. that child will not have any problem finding somebody to accept them, but it's harder to find for 15, 16. So we are known around the country for taking in more difficult, high risk and older teens because as soon as they turn 18, yeah. they are not qualified to come into foster care. Then right. they are by right. themselves and resettled by themselves. So this way we want to give them an opportunity to be in a family and able to go to school, able to attend high school. Right. So, so BB, I have a question about what kind of foster parents are you looking for? Are they around the Richmond area or are they across the state or are they across state lines? Um, only in the state of Virginia. Um, since we are licensed only to do foster care in Virginia. Um, we, since we are the only agency in, in Virginia doing this, so our main office is in um, Richmond. We do have an, a branch office in Roanoke and Norton, but right now uh, we are branching out in uh, the eastern part of Virginia. So we are looking for families in Hampton Roads and Norfolk. So we do have a satellite office, one in Norfolk and one in uh, Hampton Roads. We currently have two families right now, one in Newport News and one in um, uh, Portsmouth. So we want to branch out in that area and have more uh, support because I know that one important thing for these children, international children, is that um, once they arrive here, we have to place them in the ESL program, English as Second mm -hmm. Language, and right. that area, Hampton Roads, Virginia Beach, and Norfolk have wonderful ESL systems, so we mm -hmm. want to build a support for the two current active foster family. So we not only looking for foster family, but we want to build a support system for them as well. So like volunteer tutors and mentors to help with our children out in that area. Wonderful. Amazing. Um, when these children come into foster care, is there a road to adoption for them? Um, the um, international children, because their parents' potential um, um, parental rights would never be terminated. These children are not from neglect and abuse. Some of them might came from that background, but that's not the reason why they came into care. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you go into court, if there is no um, termination of parental right, the judge will not able to grant these children for adoption. So they can only be in long-term foster care because you never know someday down the road, their parents might be able to escape and mm. you know want to claim their children back. Our right. goal, our main goal for our program is reunited children back to their birth families. Um, two goals and then also help them maintain their cultural um, heritage and their religion because that's when, you know, these children flee because their fear of their persecution are 
the religion that they, their family, their faith. Um, so we we want to be able for these children to return back home and not, you know, terminate their parental rights. Some of our children told us that they even witnessed the, the killing of their own parents. Um, mm. But as long that they came without their death certificates, um, judges in Henrico County would not accept just their words. Because later on, maybe their aunts and uncles or even older siblings um, able to adopt them down the road. So, you know, during the journey, they can't just stop and say, hey, can you issue me a death certificate? Most of them came to us just to close on their back and nothing else. Wow. Amazing work mm -hmm. you do. It's incredible. Absolutely. Thank you. We, we are a small agency, faith-based, mm -hmm. and not a lot of people outside of Richmond um, heard about us. So I want to have this opportunity to yeah. let the communities know that we work with this very small, uh, vulnerable children that um, just need an, an opportunity to build a new life again here in the U.S. Amazing. So, so Bibi, about how many children do you have come through your custody each each year? Um, from the refugee, because of yes. the limited allowing refugee to come into the country. So we probably have probably about a dozen, 12, between okay. 12 to 15 children came in as refugee. And, and principally teens. And do you ever find that you don't have enough parents to, to place these children? We, we don't have enough families to take these yeah. children. Yeah. Right. Um, once we got the referral from our referral source, we have to have a family that already um, went through our training process and, and home study process and get approved and waiting for the call. So when we get mm -hmm. a call, we have to have a family before we can accept that referral. And we, yeah, we constantly need more families because once we have a family, then we can accept more. Um, mm -hmm. That's the reason why we only have the referral that about a dozen or 15 you know, a year because we don't have enough foster mm -hmm. family willing to take them. Some of the challenges is because um, these children that we have from all over the world, so they don't speak English when they first arrive, and also, you know, they, they, we are Catholic agency, but the clients that we serve is from all over the world. They are not Catholic. They can be Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, um, Christian, but not necessarily all um, Catholic. So we're looking for family that willing to um, take in children from different faiths. Mm. Do the families that come to you to be licensed, do, the, do they need to be Catholic or can they be other no. faith? No, okay. they don't have to be Catholic. Okay, not I think that's all. important. It's a misconception. So it's wonderful to hear that maybe more people will actually step up just by knowing that in itself. Yeah, well, yeah. we look, we're looking for family that open for um, mm -hmm. a diverse group of children, yeah. um, except, you know, children from different faith, um, different culture, because it's a big adjustment and, you know, and, and willing to work with teenagers. Mm. And, and what supports do you have for um, families that receive a child, take placement of a child that don't speak the language um, that that child speaks? I presume there are supports 
that can help a family to, to navigate because I'm sure it's disorienting just being in the foster care system for the child, being in a new placement, and then not speaking the language of their parents. Um, yes. Um, well, our um, pre-service training, foster parents training, we provide a lot of um, suggestions and, and tips on how to work with children from different culture and not speaking the same language. Um, our staff here um, are very bilingual as well. And we, we also have the refugee resettlement program when we have interpreters. If not, we also use online interpreters working with, mm. with family as well. It's required for us, especially when we take them to court or to the doctors, we want to make sure that the child um, understand their rights and able to express their feeling as well. But because our children are very resilient, you know, they most of our children speak uh, are bilingual. They they probably been in the refugee camp at their neighbor country for years and years before they able to come here to the U.S. So they pick up that language. So once they come into our program and we place them in American or English speaking families, the only way for them to survive is pick up the language. We pretty much place them in school the next day after they arrive here. So place them in the only English speaking family, they have to learn the language pretty fast. Majority of our children, really they don't need interpreter after between three to six months, they can pick up the language wow. pretty fast. Yeah, especially for younger children. Um, we do have younger children also um, came into our program. It's not only teenagers. But usually if they are younger, especially girls, um, they would come as a sibling group. So we do have sibling group of two, three, and four. At one point, we accept a sibling group of seven. Um, the oldest brother came oh. to us by himself, but he said he, did, he had um, six other younger siblings sep uh, separate from him when they escaped and they was in different refugee camps. And later on, we able to find them and brought them here. So at one point, a foster family took in seven of them in, in her home. She converted her two-car wow. garage into a bedroom and accommodate with two bunk beds and have them all in one home. And that's also our goal is keep family intact. Mm -hmm. Together. Yeah. That's amazing. How, approximately how long does it take? So when um, people come to you and they are interested in fostering in this way, about how long does the certification process take? Um, once they uh, attend or start attending training until approval is average between four to six months. Okay. It's, it's, it's not a quick process, mm -hmm. but the reason for it is, is training is 10 sessions. Um, Right now, actually, I am going to do the webinar training. So it's probably going to be five um, meetings to cover 10 sessions. And once they complete with training, then we will do the home study process. Home study process gave us an opportunity to know about the family, what they can handle, what they can't. And we will not place any children in the home that we don't think our, that foster family able to handle the child. Um, we have different level of trauma in our kids. 
especially working with domestic foster care because they came from neglect and abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also looking for foster family willing to take those um, um, domestic children as well. So the more that the family share with us during the home study process, it's easy for us to match them with the child that we think that best fit in that home. Wonderful. I know you're going to connect with a lot of listeners (laughs) through this um, program. It's incredible, Bibi. Really. Thank you so much. So if people are interested in taking the next steps, Bibi, or even just learning more and kind of connecting with you, where should they go? Where should we send them? Yeah, the first thing for them to do, um, they can contact me. Um, I am the foster parent specialist, so I would be the one that gave them information. Normally, um, if the family that live in Richmond metro area, um, the first thing I do is I like to meet with them one-on-one because it's easier to have face-to-face contact with the family and then I can answer any questions that, that, you know, family has or concern or reservation um, and then sign them up for training. Um, So, but now um, since we... Um, branching out in the Norfolk area. So people can't just come in, in to meet with me. Um, so I'm willing to, you know, just go over the program with families on the phone and send them information. One is the fact sheets. One is telling you a different type of foster care programs that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not working with um, um, refugee only, but any children that enter the United States without birth family, we also provide them with a safe place as well. Um, and then I will also give them information on how to become foster parents with us. So they can contact um, um, our website is www.cccofva.org and get all of our information or contact me at the end of this interview. I will have my uh, emails and uh, direct phone number for them to contact. Perfect. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Bibi. Yeah, this was incredible. Thank you for sharing, Bibi. Yeah. And we're not only looking for um, uh, forever home for for our children. Um, You know, we're also looking for if somebody are not ready to do long-term foster Mm -hmm. care, we also looking for a respite home for these children as well. Because, you know, foster families, sometimes they do need a break. So if they plan something for the weekends, if they want to have date nights, we want to have foster family out in the Hampton Roads, Norfolk area, that if uh, a family need extra help, um, we want to provide that support as well. Um, then, um, you know, if you don't want to make long-term commitment, that would be something that you can um, get your feet wet before you commit long-term. Um, we also looking for volunteer tutors and mentors, since I mentioned that most of our children, um, they don't speak English very well. So we want to provide extra support for them so they can um, start um, uh, their school with some support before they can take on mainstream classes. Um, majority of our, like 99% of our children graduate from high school and move on to college. Um, That's the incredible. Reason for, yeah, the reason for that is because enable for them to be in our program past 18, they have to be in school full time. And we, we have a lot of our children graduate from college uh, and um, most of them, we don't, 
um, have a lot of funding to provide tuition for college. Most of our children uh, get scholarship. A lot That's of them incredible. get full, yeah, full scholarship because they can you know, graduate from, from a four years um, school college so they can um, you know, get a job and yeah, yeah sure and and you know we we also help our children after they pass 18 with a lot of independent living skill as well especially if they move into the dorm and not living in the foster home and that's where the mm -hmm. mentors come in as a lot of our kids are in group homes or in independent living so they don't live with a family we want for them to have a connection with the community so our, our mentors, just like big brother and big sister, and you can help them, um, give them extra support. So, you know, during the mm -hmm. holidays or their birthday, they have somebody to call and take them out and, or take them to church or you know, do fun things with them. Yeah. Incredible, mm -hmm. Bibi. Well, we appreciate you sharing all of the wonderful things Commonwealth Catholic Charities does for not only international children, but uh, children in the state as well. Um, so thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank you for having me. And a big thank you for listening. Foster Care Aware is all about spreading the word about how we can help the kids who are in care in whatever capacity works for you. Tidewater Friends of Foster Care is here to help support you through the journey. Whether you want to be a foster parent, volunteer, donor, or advocate, head on over to fostercareaware.org slash next steps to learn more.